And now we go over to the head of Pertwee for this podcast introduction. When he tries, he really speaks well, doesn't he? Doesn't he just? That's that's the best intro we've ever had. That's the sort of thing that could move mountains. Words fail me. Words fail me. We'll never beat that. to the madness that is Staggering Stories Podcast 356. With me, Jean. Mm. No, you say, my name's Jean. You don't go messing with the uh, with the way the introduction <laughs> I mean, is. That's I mean, she's messing with Have it. Have you noticed when she puts herself first and, you know, yeah, okay, it's sort of un- okay, underlined okay, and titled? We'll, we'll do this again She then. just, she ha, just ha, says ha. stuff. <laughs> okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Staggering Stories Podcast 356. Karen? Well, no, you've got to say, I'm Jean. If we were doing it in the moment, it'd be Karen, Adam, Jean. <laughs> you do it first. Just say, I'm Jean. I'm Jean. I'm fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am... I'm wondering how the hell you put up with her. What? <laughs> she interrupted! <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. Calm down, calm down. Relax. Can I kill Re- her? No. Om Madni Padniom. Om Madni Padniom. Om Madni Padniom. Let the rage calm down. Can the rage be aimed at her? Can rage go via Wi Fi? <laughs> no, just calm down because I'm here next to you. Say your retort, Karen. Say your retort. Oh, I was going to, but you interrupted. <laughs> say I and I. Okay, and scene. I and I am. A bit annoying. Oh, that's it. Well, I had something better planned, but you interrupted and said stuff with your Cockney accent. Gosh, Drew, we waited all that time for that. I don't yeah. know. Is it really worth it? Love you. I lo- don't listen. Don't listen to her. Don't. She's... That nice person last week said I was brilliant. Well, with all this insanity that's going around, let's go and see what's in the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. Woo-hoo. Oh yeah. New Year special dated. Oh. Already. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> if you're interested in dating the 13th Doctor's next episode, then we have good news. Those mm. of us in the UK will get to see it on the 1st of January 2021 at 6.45pm on BBC One. Those of you in the United States, at least in one or two time zones, will be able to catch the 71-minute special at 8pm on BBC America. Various mm. spoilers are already about, so stay safe out there. 
Yeah, the BBC did a big spoiler. Yeah, it's been all yeah. over Facebook, so we won't repeat it just in case. No, no, well, no. Adam's yeah. in the room as well. And it was pretty much expected anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've managed to not avoid some, but, you know. <laughs> so, good. Su- Only a few weeks away. Yay! <laughs> I, su- I suspect, in some ways, I kind of get it, because if families are spending time together for lockdown, they're not exactly going to be watching Doctor Who this year, necessarily. They're going to be making the most of the time with the family. Mine would be. Maybe. Um, but I'm not gonna, we're not going to see them. Those BBC schedules are dreadful, aren't they? They are. I, just, I thought I was looking at something from 1980 because I saw the blankety-blank special. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I kind of understand it's a mix because you're going to have either families that are getting together that aren't going to be watching anything or you're going to have a lot of people are going to be spending Christmas alone at home this year for for whatever reason. So I they're punishing thought, them with blankety-blank. Yeah, I would have thought, <laughs> put a decent yeah. TV selection on so anyone no. that is at home alone isn't going to go stir-crazy. And those that are actually meeting up with family can TVR it or what have you later on. But there again, they haven't been able to film anything new. Yeah, yeah, so... but I'm sure there's decent stuff yeah. they could repeat. <laughs> oh, there's tons of it, but none of it is on the schedule this Christmas. No, this is no. true. Oh, well. What's the next bit of news? Warner Brothers. HBO to the max. Oh, God. Though Zany to the max, Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister Dot have decided to give all their major 2021 films the same treatment as Wonder Woman 1984. Namely, a simultaneous release in movie theatres and on their HBO Max streaming service in the US of A. This includes at least Dune and The Matrix 4. Also likely Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, and James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. They'll be available for one month on the streaming service. Unsurprisingly, some cinema chains have expressed some dislike for this plan, so we'll see how it survives contact with a potential enemy. I do wonder if we are coming to the end of cinema. It does feel that way, doesn't it? It really does. Will they ever bounce back? If it does bounce back, will it be just one chain having a monopoly because there's just not enough money in it? anymore yeah because if if these two are successful being streamed or sent straight to whatever yeah you know people can watch them in their own homes without some dick on the back row talking on his phone without having to pay 25 pounds 50 for a can of coke and (laughs) and i I know it's you're not watching it on and i I use the word big screen loosely for some of the Mm. multiplexes you're watching Mm. it on a a smaller screen in a tv in a living room most people that kind of into movies have a fairly large yeah have a 54 inch flat screen mm, on their about um so you you are getting the special effects and a lot of people have 5.1 surround sound yeah, yeah. Say, it's, now, yeah. it's the comfort of your own home etc i think there will be movie theaters but as you say i think it might be one or two chains i don't think there'll be a lot of the provincial ones they probably do one in a major city in an area or in a borough because there will still be people who want to go and see those films. I mean, like Star Wars. I love Star Wars on the big screen, no matter how much I was going to say, can you it. imagine having not seen I've got, Star Wars on the big screen? Personally, I hope yeah. not. Personally, I still would love the uh, cinema trains to continue. Mm. I agree with what you're saying. I can see this being the death of cinema, and I think it will be a crying shame because some of the films, doesn't matter if it's big, you've got a big telly or a room kitted out to watch specific things. The sheer event of being 
somewhere else, yeah. outside your comfort zone, in a big darkened room, adds to the atmosphere of a film. Yeah. Especially a yeah. horror when you yeah. don't have to walk home again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think one thing it will do, I mean, I'm, I'm the same, I hope it doesn't mean the death now. And cinema has gone through this kind of thing before, when DVD and home cinema, home movies first came out in that form we went from the big one or two screens full screens the multiplexes and that kind of stuff i think it's going to force the cinema companies to look at their offering how they present it and what they charge yeah i think the days of it being kind of like 10 quid for a ticket um that's cheap it's more like 13 14 pounds i mean if you go up to london well, yeah, just, you're just having a about, laugh. About 20 pounds. It's literally cheaper to buy the DVD when yeah. it comes out That's than it is it. to go get one single ticket, let alone a pair or yeah. four. I admit they haven't done themselves any services. Yeah. They've priced themselves out into a corner and they've priced themselves out of the market. But I really, really don't want the cinema to fade. No, neither do I. It's, yeah, it's event films yeah uh, like like she said the the star wars i i remember constructs number one and number two when they re-released the original trilogy back in the 90s yeah and taking them both to watch star taking, wars taking them were, both to watch star wars it was they yeah were riveted yeah, yeah. No, so I, I hope cinemas cinemas still continue, but I, as I say, I think they are going to need to relook at not their offering, but how they present it. Yeah, to be honest, there will still be specialist ones if you want to keep your oh, yeah. your Ray Mac on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there will be specialist ones, but it's also like um, specialist old cars and specialist museums. You're going to have to travel an exorbitant amount of distance mm. to get to them, which may Maybe. not be worth it. I'll be yeah. going to see cinemas become elitist. Mm. Hopefully they will tell people to turn off their phones at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any more news? Yes. Doctor Who. Ooh, New classic again. season box set incoming. Uh-huh. Oh, it yes. feels like a long time since the last classic series Blu-ray season box set, but finally the next has been announced. Season 8, John Pertwee's hey. second season as the Doctor. I pre-ordered it. <laughs> yep, ditto. Me too. It is currently slated for a UK release date of the 23rd of February 2021, though if it makes it out on time, it will probably be the first. <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've not had anything to distract while they actually plan for this one. <laughs> this season sees the introduction of both Joe Grant and the Master and gives us the stories Terror <laughs> of the Autons, The Mind of Evil, The Claws of Access, Colony in Space, and that brilliant story, not that I'm biased, The Daemons. <laughs> Special features include Behind the Sofa, In Conversation, Matthew Sweet talking with Katie Manning, A Devil's Weekend, <laughs> Katie and John Lorene return to Aldbourne, the direct route, directors Michael E. Bryant, Graham Harper and Tim Coombe, road trip, various recording locations. Terence and me, Frank Skinner, talks to family and friends of Terence Dix and various other things. Release dates for the US of A and Australia to follow. <laughs> we saw, we saw a, a trailer for it and they've recorded a load of behind the sofas during COVID because the pe- yeah. they've got a plastic screen between them. You had Janet Fielding yeah. and Sarah Sutton banging on the screen at each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got uh, Angie Mahindra and, um, what's his name, the Master. Yeah. Which they live together, so they don't have to be uh, isolated. That's fine. <laughs> 
No, looking forward to that one. Yeah, definitely. It's nice that because Mind of Evil is one of those ones that they only not so long ago. In in who terms? Not so long ago, we covered it all. Yeah, it was one of those ones that was missing. What was it? A couple of episodes. The Terror of the Autons for a lot of people. Oh, that's where they coloured. Yeah. Yeah. And with the Terror of the the Autons, there's a lot of New Who fans who will be able to see where Rose had its parentage from, so to speak, Mm. with the (laughs) Nestines. Yep. Any addendums? No, not one. I have no addendums. I'm addendum. Oh, I have one. Ah, go on then. You failed me. I'm sorry. Hang your head. I am. Good boy. Star Wars Kenobi oh. begins filming. Yes. In January. Yep, so it's, apparently it is on. The Kenobi miniseries is a going ahead. It is filming in the UK. Oh. It's splitting it between London and Boston. Not Boston, Massachusetts, as some people assumed. No, I was going to say, there's <laughs> not a lot of des- uh, deserts in Boston. A couple of bars, but not de- deserts. <laughs> Which one, is it Lincolnshire? Boston? I think so, in the UK. I don't think they have a desert at Lincolnshire's Boston either. No, we'll see how that goes, but it's good they're finally getting to film it, because that at one time is meant to be a film. Yeah. In the same vein as Solo and mm. Rogue One. That's been having the Star Trek the motion picture route. First it's a film, yeah. then it's a TV series, then it's a film again. <laughs> now it's a TV series. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening with the films. Yeah. While Adam was making that announcement, Madam there was pouring herself alcohol. <laughs> Another port. <laughs> Another port. You've got any cheese there? The bottle looked remarkably empty. <laughs> um, I'm not saying she's a lush. Well, it, <laughs> it is remarkably <laughs> empty. I've just finished the last... Mind you, I haven't had that bottle about nine months. Is nine gonna, minutes. Is she going to start singing a song about goblins? I hope so. <laughs> All things considering, we cut with them. Is that a, is that a second down. bottle? <laughs> it's the same one. I've got oh. the second one down in the bottom of the cupboard. Okay. Did you notice she's <laughs> all sitting Any more addendums? The only way I can deal with staggering stories is pissed. <laughs> and that's the end of the news. <laughs> that's the quote for the show. <laughs> Right, for want of anything better to do, we decided we wanted to watch The Abominable Snowman. But we couldn't, for obvious reasons. So instead, we listened to the audio (gasps) with bits filled in by Fraser Hines. Pause for music. This is an official BBC audio release, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, we didn't just go and kidnap him and make him talk. <laughs> no, just it's just if anyone else wanted to find out where it was oh, from. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, we worked something out during this. Now, as Keith has said many, many, many times, he doesn't remember watching this, no. but he remembers thinking that the um, Auton. Auton thingies were Yeti eggs and was terrified of the mm-hmm. underground. We worked out that he was two and a bit when he saw this. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to have words with his sister <laughs> because she is the one who made him sit down and watch it with her. If it was Yeti Eggs and... If it was Yeti Eggs and, and Fear of the Underground, isn't it the one in... Yeah, but he saw this one this. first. The thing is, it would have only been seven months later. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a mm. quick turnaround for the Yeti. Yeah. So I so would still have been... three years old. Three years old. So this is this is basically it's the audio of the actual story. So you've got yep. Fraser and Pat, and then with the bits where stuff's happening that isn't auditory, you've got Fraser Hines saying, and the Yeti walked towards, and yep. Jamie picked up the spear. 
and he's mm-hmm. doing his mm-hmm. infield bit. It, he it is. kind of reminded me like a hybrid between a big Finnish audio play and an audio hybrid. book. Yeah. Do you know what my, the first thing it made me think after after listening what? to it is that some things when you've just got the audio sound really really rude <laughs> when you've got no visual context about why someone's going ah, ah. Yeah, yeah. particularly vicky 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 <laughs> victoria <laughs> victoria yeah victoria ah, okay, yeah. it wasn't actually yeah, her it was one of the uh, it was one of the monks <laughs> he was he was exerting himself this right. was what it sounded yeah. like okay. <laughs> It's quite some vigorous chanting. <laughs> so it's six episodes. Yes, it's the introduction yep. it's to quite the great intelligence. And yes, yeah. Which later crop up in The Snowman with uh, number 11. They do. Yeah, that entire season, they, they're out and about, aren't they? Yes. Pretty much. Songetti's. Series 7 of New Who. Yeah. I have seen this one, as in the retcom. Oh, so I've actually sat it? and watched it. it. Yeah. Well, like you, There's when I was a very young child as well. <laughs> but I've seen it where they had the telly snaps that they put together to the audio. Yeah. Which is, is quite enjoyable, but you end up sort of like just listening to it anyway. I actually quite enjoyed listening to this. I didn't find it boring in in the way that sometimes an audio book for me can be because you've mm. actually got Pat and that there, you've got their voices, their way of doing mm. the characters. I think because I've seen the telly snaps and I know what the Yeti looks like and I know the principle of the setting, that also helped because I could picture it in my eye. But I don't think it was a hindrance if you hadn't seen that. Well, no, it was um, straight off. It was a sign. I'd obviously never seen this, but it was a sign of a good story in that the description you had enabled you to picture where they were and what they were doing. Mm. I knew exactly where they were. I knew exactly what they were doing. And this had some brilliant one-liners in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doctor, what are you going to do? I'm going to bung a rock at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, of course, yeah. oh, when, when right at the beginning where they're uh, unpacking the chest and you've <laughs> yeah. got the second Doctor, oh, oh, it's that. Is that what you're looking for? No, I've got no idea what it is, but look at it. It's I that. I seen it for ages. <laughs> or the other one, I didn't know you had bagpipes. You should have oh, told me. Yeah. I could have repaired them. That's what worried me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton are on form. They know their characters here. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think it's both their second season. Yeah. I think. Yeah, this is season five. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they've got their patter worked out and yeah. they know what they're doing. Absolutely. And I... Victoria showed some chops oh, here. Oh, God, did she? Pretending yeah. to be hypnotised, pretending to be ill. Yeah. She's still got a bit screamy. A bit screamy times. towards the end. Yeah, yes. when, yeah, when you've end. got headphones on, that really whiny. hurts. <laughs> yeah, it did a bit. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but one of the monks had a very received English pronunciation for a Tibetan monk. The yeah. others were trying yeah. to put on, a, and I don't mean this in a nasty way, nowadays you would say you can't put on an accent, but the rest were trying to at least sound like yeah. they Maybe weren't Tibetan. speaking with I, received I, English. Yeah, I, I've got yeah. a feeling the it may not necessarily get shown these days because of yellow face. I have mm. a feeling we have quite a lot of white Caucasian actors pretending oh, to be... Yeah. yeah. Pretending to be Tibetan. One of the monks, I can't remember which one it was, but he didn't half sound like Tom Baker. <laughs> oh, really? Was it Krishan? 
the um, yeah. military leader. The yeah, he, he had a real Tom Baker vibe about him. There's one of them which is really sleepy sounding, like the voice that Crumbly does sometimes. That's in the news. exactly what we said. It's as <laughs> yeah. Crumbly... Master, Master Puzzle. Yeah, when Crumbly's falling asleep during a letter reading. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was the chief monk that had basically died 400 years ago, but was still yeah. being Ma- kept alive. Master Pazmava. He had a, a lot of the Gollum Smeagols going he on. He did. Mm. He did. There were some fascinating voices. Of course, the Doctor has met the um the chief monk before. Yeah, mm. they knew each other way back when. But listening mm. to it, it ties in quite nicely to the snowman because uh, the great intelligent immediately recognises the Doctor. Now, whether it's he immediately recognised him because he knew Master Pazmavar before, or yeah. because of uh, <laughs> Deep, um, uh, the snowman. snowman. <laughs> work which, is, way. which is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it works wonderfully. One thing that I had a real problem with, mainly because hmm. it just kept making me giggle, <laughs> they had really the great Gunther. Gunther. All I could think of was the guy who looks after the coffee shop in Friends. Because <laughs> his name is Gunther. Gunther. Oh, is it? Okay. So every time, yes, we've got the great Gunther, I got this picture of this white haired guy polishing a coffee cup, <laughs> gazing fondly at Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Overall, I found this slow, but I think that's simply yeah. because of the pacing, because mm. the, the nature of television has changed. There is that also audio. Yeah. It needs to be a bit quicker because when you've got visuals, yeah. doing, doing an audio quiz, I take a sample of even New Who, mm. take an audio clip of some dialogue. There's a lot of gaps in there, which on audio it really stand out, but yeah. on video, on TV, Doesn't... it seems totally natural. Yeah. yeah. However, having said that, it's packed. There is no excess. There's no flash. There is no getting locked up, running away, getting locked up, running away for an entire episode. The six episodes is correct size for it to breathe. Yeah, it's a, it was a really good, well-formed story. It is considered a classic. Yeah. Mm. I think without seeing it, I'm not sure I can quite say for sure it is. For me, it loses quite a bit not having the visuals. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, it isn't designed to be an audio. Yeah. And you've yeah. got Fraser Hines jumping all the time, telling you what's going on. <laughs> and you've got the track names telling you the scene and where it's there's, set. There's a lot it's of track handy. names. <laughs> there are. But that's quite handy. Yeah. But still, it isn't quite enough to really draw you in, I think, as, as it would if it was properly visual. But yeah, what can you do? There, exactly. there was two bits on this that I quite like. One was, if you had seen Planet of the Spiders, you could kind of like be expecting the chief monk to be another time lord for a while yeah. because of the fact he was so old. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't actually really thought about it, but when thinking back, you've got all these yetis being moved around the board, which they then mm. used for the 25th Five and the Five Doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, I I hadn't really made that connection, but that's obviously that little bit of the homage back when they were doing the the five doctors of the the characters being moved around the board. Obviously, there was a Yeti in that. Mm. Yeah, there was. Presumably, they had to pay Lincoln and Hazen for that, I don't know. (laughs) But if you think about it, if the doctor just gate crashed the chief monk's sanctum there, he could have had it done and dusted in one episode. All it took was them to get in there and destroy the equipment. Yeah, but they didn't know where it was coming from. Hindsight is easy. They didn't know where the signal was coming from, so... Most Doctor Who stories work on the basis if someone had asked the right question, it would have been over in five (laughs) minutes. That's probably it. (laughs) No, I I must admit, I I haven't listened to these kind of audios before without the telesnaps with them. 
I'd be inclined to give it another go, especially if I was doing something like a long car journey. They would be quite good for something like that or or where, I mean, in this case, I was actually wrapping Christmas presents while I was listening to it. So it mm. it made a really nice background that, mm. that I could follow, wasn't too intrusive. It actually went quite fast while I was doing other things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I yep. would give them a go. I wouldn't be put off by them because I say they are that almost that mix between a big Finnish audio play and an audio book. Yeah, we'd be lucky that these exist at all. Mm. Oh God, it's only yeah. Fans that's recorded off air audio. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have them at all. No. Which is amazing, really. And all those times during the seventies and obviously earlier when we were told that recording with your cassette player was pirating and it would yeah. kill it would <laughs> kill the artistic industry. It would. Turns out yeah. that was a lie. <laughs> I suspect this will be one that they will animate because oh, the nice thing with this one is you have got the web of fear as a reference for some of the imagery. Yeah. I, I know you've oh, got the one stats, episode as well. Yeah. But you've got you've got the Yeti, you've got the pyramids and that kind of stuff and the foam. So you've you've got some interesting reference points of how things physically move, not just how they actually look. I know the Yetis were redesigned slightly for the Web of Fear, but and it also well, it was very close to each other. They were yeah. what, two stories in between. I mean I, I know the stories then were like mahusively long, but yeah. Yeah. Apparently it was commissioned the day before the first episode actually aired, yeah. the sequel. Oh, wow. It was shown, what is it, seven months later, Web of Fear. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it was done in the same season. Yeah. It's a bit like having two Weeping Angel stories in the yeah. same season. It would look strange <laughs> unless there was a connectivity to them. And apart from Travis, there wasn't there wasn't a connectivity between the two of them. Well, it, it was a sequel. I suppose, why not? The seasons back then were obviously much longer than they are mm. now, particularly next year. One thing that audio made it difficult to judge one of the characters um again i'm rubbish with names but he sounded all angry and evil villainy right Mm. from the beginning but it turns out he was just the guard who was uh was worried about everything he came across as really aggressive again that's that was crucial right yeah the head the head head guy that was in charge of the warrior monks having never seen it i thought oh he sounds like a bad but Mm. no he was just a bit of a knob misguided set in his ways (laughs) yeah and it is a shame, again, that we don't have the video because so much of it was shot on location. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was... It was uh, really rare for the time. Six days of location filming, Wales. which is unprecedented. Yeah, North Wales of all places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when because, you say location, it wasn't actually shot in the Himalayas. <laughs> no. But I do North remember Wales on one close. video somewhere you have... Um, they were discussing you have shots of the Himalayas on the scanner, which is massive snowfields, and, so, and then we move out to... Uh, to Wales and unfortunately the week before they'd actually had a heat wave so there was no snow <laughs> anywhere yeah not quite Everest yeah. there, there is some knocking around I think you can find it on YouTube there's some lovely cine film and some of it's colour yeah. of Pat mm. and Fraser and Kate and, and Vic, oh God, I can't remember her name. Debbie Watling. Debbie Watling. And they're all mucking about and there's Yetis wandering about that was filmed by the film crews yeah. um, well, between, mm. there was, between filming. There was also a, a Daily Mail reporter there. So there's lots of, be- the lots of behind the Daily scene Mail. photographs as well. Mm. 
So how can how can people get hold of this from the BBC? From the well, good BBC. question. Uh, it was released on CD. I've got a copy on CD myself. Mm-hmm. It's probably still out there on CD. I think there are four or five box sets of the lost stories. Yeah. So it's on there. It might be on Audible. Certainly the novelisation reading is on Audible, which apparently is quite good too. Terence Dick's yep. novelisation. And when yeah. when will it be animated? Well, hmm. it might be soon. Next year, maybe. Because they've. Uh, I think it's next year. The next animated one to be released is going to be Web of Fear. Oh. Which is the sequel. Web of Fear. Oh, yeah, they're doing the one episode, aren't they? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's the sequel to this. So it might be slated... If if it sells well, this might be slated soon. Mm. Maybe. Okay, we would like all you out there in listener land to buy this and listen to it and then write to us and tell us how brilliant (laughs) you thought it was. How can they do this, you ask? How can they they do this? They can write to us via show... At staggering stories dot net. Barely a pause. (laughs) (laughs) We're so professional. So professional. (laughs) And now, as we gallop up to Christmas. The Christmas CD has been put on. Well, actually, the Christmas playlist has been playing on a certain device who I won't name because she answers. Anyone been Whamageddon yet? <laughs> yes. I, I Whamageddon myself because no. it's yeah. on my playlist. Go blind. I got anyway. Whamageddon on the second. <laughs> I got Whamageddon in November. You can't be Whamageddon in November. It doesn't start till December. <laughs> <laughs> you cheated. I didn't cheat. I got. Anyway, all that waffle is leading up to us playing a game now. And because we have no imagination whatsoever we're going to play things in five words well done (laughs) god adam would you like to go first okay suspenders faith flask and vicar suspenders faith flask and vicar i can think of as a vicar of dibley (laughs) yes that's exactly where my mind went Uh... box of delights what Box of Delights, the amount of vicars that were going on in there. Where were the suspenders? <laughs> what do you think they were wearing under their cassocks? It, it could be all gas and gators. Is this going to be a Buffy one? No. Nope. No, okay. Is it a Doctor Who one? Yep. Is it a Doctor Who book? It is, but not just a book. So it's not just a new adventure? No. Ah, no. Okay. Suspenders. Demon? Ah, Curse of Fenric. Yep, oh, Curse of Fenric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Who can forget Ace's uh, suspenders in that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That yep, was yep. an unfortunate camera shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or a deliberate one, you can never tell. <laughs> yeah. Huge missile nosed spacecraft. Cyber XL5. No. Huge missile nosed spacecraft. However, you're in the right area, Gene. Thunderbirds. No. But again, in the right area. Captain Scarlet. <laughs> nope. I'm going to go through all of them. Yeah, I know. UFO? Yes. Narrow it down a bit. The Shadow Interceptors. Oh, they had the go. big sort of torpedo at the front of the spacecraft. Oh, okay, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yes. It looked like a nose Ooh. until they fired. <laughs> go on then, Rick. the nose off. Invasion or on spaceship? Invasion or on spaceship? Dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I apologise for this one. Blowjob in the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> 
below. It's trickier, trickier the, the bunk beds would have thought. <laughs> well, we and Amy. No, far too late. <laughs> below job in the Tardis. <laughs> You're thinking well outside the uh, area that my completely innocent answer is in. <laughs> Uh-huh. Edge of You're destruction. Thinking... Later. So she was thinking too literal, was she? She was. We know exactly where her mind smutty. is. Her <laughs> mind was in the gutter, and this is a perfectly innocent thing I'm describing. I'm trying to think of when the TARDIS blew up, other than the edge of destruction, and more no, recently. No, you're on the I, wrong, uh, wrong, wrong is meaning. Is it salamander being sucked out? No, you're on the wrong meaning of the word blow. I, I'm thinking... No, I'm... Thinking literally, I'm not sure what his time, what the episode is, but I'm sure there's a couple of scenes where Tom Baker blew down the nose of K9. <laughs> no, that's not it. David mouth to mouth. Hands of fear with the beach ball. No, it's a Troughton thing. Blowjob in the TARDIS. Is this the bagpipes from uh, No, but Snow? you're in the right area. The, the recorder. Yes! <laughs> it's the Doctor's recorder. <laughs> now I need you to apologise for the smut. That went through your mind. <laughs> no, because you put it there. <laughs> I am innocent. <laughs> What's the old expression? The longer the daylight, the less you do wrong. She's picking on me again. <laughs> Drunken hussy. Amy wrapped up and drugged. <laughs> Madam <laughs> stay dreaming. <laughs> yes. Adam's fantasies, this is five words. Amy wrapped up and drugged. Is this something yep. to do with cardboard, Amy? No, no. No, this is real, Amy. Well, a good man yep. goes to war? No. Nope. I'm thinking of baby, up. Amy. Yeah. Is this Amy as in Amy Pond? Indeed. Okay. <laughs> oh, crikey. Day of the Moon? No. Oh, give us a clue. Uh, I'm thinking of a particular scene. I bet you are. <laughs> was she conscious? Well, not after she was drunk, no. <laughs> but before that, yes. Was yes. this <laughs> the really sad bit at the end of The Girl Who Waited... Where it all gets wrapped up by the other Amy getting drugged and killed. No, no, it's more literal wrapped up. Oh, okay. Here. I can't think. No. What was the vampire one? What was the vampire one? And is it that one? Vampires in <laughs> Venice. Vampires in Venice. Venice. Yeah. No, it wasn't that one. No, no. no. Season five. Or series five. You must. Oh, God. Pass. I, ca- I can't think. I-, I surrender. Can we have another clue? It's underground. Oh, is it the Hungry Earth or whatever it is? The- with the Silurians? No, no, no later than that. Oh, why aren't you obsessed with Amy Pond like he is? Because I've got a life. Oh, for <laughs> Go on, I think you've defeated us. Uh, the Pandorica, the Underhenge. She Remember wrapped... the Cyberhead? Oh, yeah. She had to... Yeah. Wraps her up yeah. and uh, then drugs her. That was terrible. It was. <laughs> Go on then, husband. Okay, my last one. Future law enforcement female psychic. Future law... Lewis? No. Future law enforcement female psychic. Is it River? No. Uh, Firefly River? No. Doctor Who River? No. Damn. (laughs) Judge Anderson? Yes. Yes! Uh, (laughs) Is she a sidekick, though? She's a a psychic. She is a psychic. Oh, psychic. Yes, psychic. Not sidekick. Psychic. (laughs) Good gosh. Well, that would have helped if I'd realised. Okay. I'll have one more. Hey, I got that one right. Yes, I didn't know know if you'd done two as well. No, I haven't. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's picking on me again. When I got my one right, you didn't ask me. You asked Adam. She's she's a nasty woman. I know. She's not nasty. Did you just call my best friend nasty? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Never ending and support Scottish lass. Never ending 
No. Never ending and support Scottish lass. Mm. Is this one of the Jumanji mm. films? No. Does it involve ne- Karen Gillan? <laughs> yes. Never ending and support Scottish lass. I'll give you a clue. This one came mm. to me after I watched Clara and the TARDIS. That legs. little, that little legs. short. Oh, legs. Yeah, legs. What, le- what legs in particular? <laughs> Karen Gillan's legs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> go on then, Jean, you'll go. Doctor Who and Irwin Allen. Oh, God. No idea. He's thinking. He's got his thinking yeah. nose on. Would this be Enemy of the World? No. Okay. And go back a little bit more in time for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I thought Enemy of the World was meant to be in Australia. So think of program for Doctor Who story and a program that Erwin Allen made. Are you thinking of oh, Steve Irwin? Oh, of the Giants. That's it. Land of the Giants. <laughs> Land, Land of the, of the Giants. Giants. <laughs> thinking of Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not, not Steve Irwin. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure there was any episode of Doctor Who Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> it's the way he said with such a hurt expression. Well, I thought that was in Australia. <laughs> anyway, that, that would have been Mark Dixon and Alligators. And that yeah. link would have been Steve Irwin. <laughs> oh, he's sulking now. Oh. Oh, shall we move on from this madness? I think Rapidly. We that was yeah. Things in Five Words. We're sorry. Yeah. So you should be. We have been watching something festive. We have. Ish. It's a Patch Outon thing again. Yep. It is... The Box of Delights. Pause for music. Ding 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 ding. Right, first thing I have to say about this. Yes. The boy Peter, Kay Harker's friend. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never known a kid who likes his bed that much. Yeah. Once that boy was in bed, you that, weren't getting yeah, him out of bed. And when you did get him out of bed, he complained that you'd woken him up. He was obsessed. <laughs> and purple pimples. And, yeah, some of the language. They invented, their, they invented their own language to get round swearing. They it was did. brilliant. They were, he was on holiday, <laughs> and everyone knows when you're on holiday, you don't get out of bed. No, I think that boy has got some sort of sleep disorder <laughs> that wasn't well enough addressed during the filming. Maybe. Right, Box maybe. of Delights stars Patrick Troughton. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's set in around 1930, England, in the country. Yeah. Young lad called Kay Harker. Mm-hmm. Sent to live with his guardian, yep. who he always names in full. He's returning home from um, boarding school to spend the winter with her. And on the train, he meets two priests, vicars. Mm. Suspicious codes, types, if ever yeah. I've seen them. Yes. yes. They did seem a bit, shall we say, very nice boys, didn't they? For the time? <laughs> well, he also meets Patrick Troughton. Punch and Judy Man. Punch and Judy Man, kindly old man. And after that, quite frankly, I lost track track of what any of it was about <laughs> as i did as i did when i was a kid and saw this yeah if i'd known how to say what the f- was that <laughs> i would have said it it's Let- got lots of lots of old english mythology Hearn the hunter this old mm-hmm. lady who i think is meant to be gaia evil priests wolves creatures of the forest Roman. and this 
Romans and this box that can make you either fly or turn you into something really small that everyone wants to get their hands on. And if mm. you asked me to write a synopsis of it, I couldn't because I still, to this day, don't understand what the hell was going on. But it was lovely. I'm sure you meant to. Yeah, I, <laughs> this came out when I would have been about 19. So I was not demographic. Yeah. And I kind of remember it because I suspect it was one of those things. There was a lot. A lot made of it on Pebble Mill at one and all of that kind of stuff because Blue the ground making the groundbreaking use of animation and mm. colour stuff overlay and all that kind of stuff. So I suspect it is something we watched, but it was vaguely familiar but didn't jump out jump out at me. I enjoyed it. I thought the special effects, even though yes, they look a bit ropey. I still think they were really good. Mm -hmm. I love the mixture of animation, literally animation in real life, yeah. and the way the paint, the, you, you'll know the scene, the painting comes together yeah. and Cole Hark goes into the painting. What the heck the plot was about stopping <laughs> the... I suspect the book tells you more. It's like yeah. there's this big yeah. villainous plot that's going to happen and it gets thwarted, but you never know why mm. he didn't want the, the service yeah. to happen at the church. And that. I get a feeling yeah. there's something missing that was in the book that didn't translate fully. Onto screen. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've never read the book, I've got to admit. The, the main drive from the villain, I think, was to get his hands on the box, which was vastly, powerfully magical. Mm. But he also seemed to have, what would certainly come across on the show, was... A sideline in petty villainy. Yeah, yeah they're thieves, aren't they, yeah. mostly? Because mm. the main protagonist, he was also a magician as well. Yeah. It's very much uh, what has later been described as urban fantasy. I would put this in the same genre and mm. the same field as one end with uh, Harry Potter, yeah. with yeah. The, the other end being Neverwhere, River of London books. Yeah. yeah, it's very rural. Yeah, but it is urban in a way. Yeah, yeah. For it was written in the nineteen thirties, nineteen twenties, so it would have been magic, mythical creatures in the pre in that present day. Mm. Which, again, as I said, is very much uh, Harry Potter, the uh, Nightmare of London area. It can't be. It can't be Potterish because Harry Potter came afterwards. No, but no, no, when you, no, 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 no. But when it, you're it, looking at it, it does have that Potterish kind of yeah, feeling. Yeah, that's, you, that's you what I mean. See, it's the have, same flavour. Yeah, I, I got that from it as well. The other thing it reminded me of, and this is only because I've actually read all of the Narnia Chronicles through to the end, there was an element of Narnia Chronicles to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to spoil it. People will need to read or find out what happened. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not as sad as the Narnia Chronicles, but there's an element yeah. of the reality in it. I'll tell you one thing. Was it me or was that police officer the worst <laughs> police officer in the history of the police? His answer to everything was, no, that can't be happening. Have a bonbon. And he then yep. went told what was happening up at the monastery yeah. rang the monastery to see if everything was okay and they knew anything about the bad guys and took their word for it. It was only when a, a superintendent from outside came in that something actually got done. Yeah. He was a terrible, terrible police officer. His life was taken up with fruitcake and rum punch. He was, but then there was also <laughs> bits where you got to think, this is, a, this is a young child. This is an era when children were to be seen and not be heard that you're just coming out of and there's one point he said 
something about they donated to the Rotary Club. So in his mind, the, they, Glee, the Club. Glee Club, they are pillars of the establishment. It's, it'd be the equivalent of an 11-year-old coming into to your office saying, I've got an amazing story for you. The head of the local council is stealing I, children. And, I you know, disagree going, completely <laughs> with that. I really disagree with that. Given people it, had been going missing. Exactly. People were going missing. <laughs> this police officer knew they were. He, he knew this boy was intelligent and sensible and had no history of being a dick. And he didn't even have the wherewithal to go, okay, get in the car, we're going to go there now and I'll show you there's nothing wrong, only to Mm. discover there is something wrong. He was a terrible police officer. There there is also (laughs) another problem with him doing that. It's the equivalent of the doctor going into the monk's room at the very beginning. It spoils the plot. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he he was the most unrealistic of all the characters and there were several dodgy characters (laughs) in this. (laughs) I've got to admit, I did find, and I do remember thinking it, when it was originally shown back in the 80s, I mm-hmm. think it was, 84. that it is an incredibly dated attitude in the books, in, yeah, in the show. I, it is all jolly hockey sticks, and the, which is 1930. Yeah, yeah. yeah, clearly exactly. a very well-off family and well, very, and uh, it was the same for uh, for a children's program. I thought that was the wrong attitude or the wrong period to have. It should have uh, maybe it, it didn't. I didn't necessarily relate to the kids at the time. The kids. It certainly isn't the nineteen eighties kids. Yeah. You didn't so even think they should have. They should have adapted it so think, that it was set in the eighties. Well, not necessarily set it up in the eighties, but certainly adapt the language mm. of it. Less of the jolly uh, hockey yeah. sticks <laughs> and uh, the purple it's, pimp. I think often at Christmas you get this slightly older fashioned yeah. stuff. Yeah. You get a lot of Victorian stuff. This isn't quite a Victorian, but it is nineteen uh, thirties. I've said before. I said before that the kid was smart oh yeah but there yeah. were a couple of points that made me question whether he'd been dropped on his head as a as a nipper <laughs> when they um were running from the nasty priests and yeah. they got the boat oh, God, and they made yeah. themselves go small instead of yeah. just hiding behind a rock they decided to get onto this toy boat on a river yeah. where they knew there was a weir coming up and put themselves <laughs> in unnecessary danger so that they can then yeah. later get off the boat and hide uh, hide behind a different rock. Cliffhanger. It just seemed completely pointless. <laughs> yeah. There was no uh, need for it. That is Sylvester McCoy climbing over the edge of the in, balcony. In Dragonfire, yeah. yeah. It was, oh, God. <laughs> I, I have to agree with you there, Keith. And I, I did sit there thinking, part of me, thought well they've actually deliberately continued to keep it in that era because if you set something in the past it doesn't date in the way that Mm. if you set something in the present does because it's already dated and I just sit there thinking this is one of those ones that with the special effects that you can do now could look stunning that's not to dismay it I actually Mm. think it it, I mean it won three BAFTA awards and awards for the cameramen and all the rest of it Um, but it's one of those ones that you you could do justice to now as well but I'm not sure if you updated it to now if you would lose some of the innocence with it that's that's necessary and I think that's what it needs is that innocence um, you know if you were making it now the only thing that I think they would need to do different effects wise would be the when they're when they're flying because that's Mm. it was what it was the um, animation was wonderful and shouldn't be changed at all it had a had a bit of a a watership down vibe going on Mm. definitely it was so Mm. good 
So, now, yeah. And I like, like the way they made the voices of the characters in the other Oh, place. like Hearn and that. Yeah. A, a bit kind of like tinny almost. Distorted, yeah. 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 Uh, I think you're, you're getting me wrong. I, I have no problem. It was a very lavish BBC production for its time. Mm. Yeah. I, very expensive. Yeah, yeah. It had all the money spent on it. But um, I'm equating it to the, A Christmas Carol. Yeah. A Christmas Carol is a Victorian period, a Victorian place, but the dialogue to it is... is mostly mo- is mostly modern yeah it's just I'm, I'm not necessarily saying change the location update it to the present day i'm just saying change the dialogue mm. so it's more relatable it was a bit swallows and amazon that's forever. that's my that's my point <laughs> Sw- you could, i think you could actually do it now keep it in the same era but you could update the language because as yeah. you say i mean you couldn't put swear words in it is no, a children's program you could put swear words in but you could lose language that would be classed as swearing then that isn't yeah. classed as swearing i mean it's like they didn't want to say the word kidnapped they squabbled yeah. them or something squabbled and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas <laughs> now there'd be no problem to children. yeah i'm kidnapped <laughs> them I am surprised at you, Adam. You have been very reserved about the 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 choir boys. The... <laughs> Go on then. What have you got to say? <laughs> Uh, well, where to begin? <laughs> a lot of it is not explained at all. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. But why is there a rat character, a full-size yeah. human rat character? What's that all about? <laughs> and then when you go down to small, there's a real rat. She was a mouse, <laughs> actually. Ma- no, the pirate oh, mouse. mouse. Okay. Oh, the pirate you rat. You forgot so about the pirates. Pi- you could tell they were pirate pirates because they said R. Yeah. How does the box work? So you've got left and right makes you either fly or shrink. Or apparently go swift mm-hmm. yeah. or go small but then when you open it up random things apparently happen you can either time travel or god knows what else it's magic magic it's a, bo- it just... it's a box of delights it is it is yeah there was not one Bakewell tart in it or, or Quality Street. No. Yeah. And Abner, the, the bad guy, yeah. uh, he wanted the box. He clearly knew about the box, but seemed not to think that somebody might be using it to spy on him. Yeah. By going small. He wasn't <laughs> the most brainy of villains. Did you watch no. it all the way to the very, very end, Adam? <laughs> Oh yeah. So you know who created the story? <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, I do wonder. Are we meant to accept that ending? Yeah, pretty unsatisfying ending. It was a very unsatisfying. Yeah. I ending, remember I watching Shall this when it came out. Away? No, let let people who don't know find out. I remember watching this. I was fourteen when yeah. it came out, and didn't really have much opinion about TV apart from Doctor Who either way but Mm -hmm. when this finished I remember being extremely cross (laughs) (laughs) apparently it was a sequel to the book too so that implies that I don't know that ending didn't really happen that way I I don't Don't even know know. but but even how they got rid of the bad guy at the end it's very offhand Mm. Suddenly, oh, he's gone. Yeah, the, the, the most oh, right. violent thing in the book as well, wasn't it? it in the uh, show, it was quite yeah, the slow motion. Yeah, yeah, happening. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the other guy, the unfortunate name of Chubby Joe. Oh yeah, he, he was he was rubbish, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was a crook of very little brain, bless him. Yeah, he just wanted yeah. to hit things and have his dinner. Yeah, but I he was my he was my favourite of the lot because he was so rubbish. He did have a bit of a conscience though. He did. You he know, did. He, was, he wasn't all mm, bad. There were some things he wouldn't do. Yeah. I think yeah. for all of 
the lightheartedness of it to some extent, some of the cinematography of it and the feeling of it was actually quite dark and menacing. The BBC were very mm. good at that yeah, kind of like psychological. The intro was very much sapphire and still, I thought, in some it's respect. scary. It was scary. Um, but you had kind of like scenes where he yeah. was, Kay was walking down the streets and you know he's being followed and just the way they had the lighting and the mood and that kind of stuff mm. was actually quite menacing for a children's mm. programme. You know, yeah. you'd be hard pushed to find some scenes like that in adults' programmes now. And what was all this mm. about a nine-year-old girl running around armed? <laughs> back then, guns, guns were legal back then. They weren't well, illegal yeah, over but here she was nine. <laughs> Cigarettes yeah. are legal, but I wouldn't yeah, but, let Ben but it smoke wasn't a real gun. Oh, she was she was a bit of a psycho. We, 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 we <laughs> foresaw problems with we her, did, didn't we? we? Yeah. Did. She yeah, went on to yeah. star in Press Gang. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, was she in that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew yeah. I recognised her name. And I'm quite yeah. pleased because when I recognised her name, I had a horrible feeling it was because she'd popped off recently. <laughs> but she hasn't. <laughs> the lead no. actor in this case became quite a big actor and he was destined to be kind of like an Olivier of the modern day, but he was in one of these poor people that died younger than his age. Oh, if you know he? what I, I mean. Did, I didn't bother looking him up. Uh, he, oh. he, really? I thought he... What's it about? Okay. You mean Devin Stanfield? Yeah. I thought he'd gone into uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, but I don't know. Have we okay. just killed off some <laughs> poor guy? <laughs> no. I was surprised how little that Patrick Elton yeah. was in it. He top-and-tailed it. Yeah. Mm. First yeah, so he's in the first episode or two and then back at the end. And yeah. For the main bit of it, he wasn't in there at all, which is surprising. But his, his presence was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking, funny enough, if yeah. they remade... This. And it's mm-hmm. not because it's Doctor Who. I just think he could do it. Peter Capaldi could do that part very well. Man, he's got too. the hair. He's got he's got also <laughs> that intensity that Pat had that can be both mm. sparkly and menacing at the same time. In the the opening credits, when it zooms in on him, he's got yeah. he's got granddad eyes there. He's gentle and trustworthy mm. but then later mm. on yeah but his dog didn't come back well, no, his dog, I don't no know. we don't know what happened to the dog I didn't think of that the dog yeah. stayed with the donkey but where did the donkey <laughs> go <laughs> into the painting oh okay Up so the, the dog is stuck on a snow covered mountain with the donkey yeah, the dog and the donkey are on the mountain. They're safe. It looked a bit when they need to. snowy up there. <laughs> Did anybody else think in the first episode, Cole Hawlings, Troughton's character, yeah. opens up the, the box, and Michi thought a compo with his... Uh, no! His, <laughs> his matchbox. His box used to scare people with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, now I do. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it. <laughs> but on the whole, even though I hadn't got a clue what was going on, no, couldn't tell head nor tail from anything. It was lovely. It was good and fun, and that was yeah. a lot of snow. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. And was, real. Was it filmed in England? I th- I'm guessing I, Wales or yeah. Scotland. There's a whole website dedicated to it, but filming locations. Bring it up quickly. It was mostly around Worcestershire Great. and Herefordshire. This one Must suffered have... as well with the same problems as the last one, that they went somewhere for the snow and the snow defrosted like a couple of they days before. You noticed there was that storm. The there was suddenly scene. a storm because 
the storm mm. had taken all the snow away. <laughs> Some really thick snow too. It they was, were really lucky. Good. I was very jealous of them when they were trudging through the snow to go and do stupid things. <laughs> yeah, I thought at first, it, had they faked it? But, but clearly no. not. No, there was the entire environment actually totally full of snow. Yeah, one, yeah. Of, yeah. one of the best um, characters in this was very, very underused and that was Patricia Quinn's character. She was oh, yeah. delightfully, wonderfully overacted. Mm. She usually does. <laughs> she does, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, Subtlety she isn't her thing. Yeah. yeah. And what do we think of the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the car that turned into an aeroplane? Oh, yeah. It was, it was as if Nazis had invented Chitty Chitty bang bang. <laughs> yeah, that car is really strange. It's not magic by looks of it. It's just a mechanical. mechanical yeah. yeah, but it can thing. also it's silent and it can also stop dead and go down. Yeah, it you seems notice to have it some turned kind of into a Harrier jump jet. Yeah. As, it got, as they got yeah. into the castle. Yeah, mm. was that stolen? I don't know. They had no other evidence had any mechanical skill or no, unless it, it did have an element of magic because the the lead villain obviously has magic. Because of his whole little, yeah. uh, with his demons and what have you. So it might be that Carl was enchanted in some ways. That it, Although it behaved like a plane, it was yeah. in some ways a magical plane. Speaking of the um, the little demons, um, a couple of things in this just made me think, feel like I was watching an episode of Doctor Who. Not only the music, yeah. obviously. Oh, definitely, yeah, Roger Lim. Definitely. But that whole Kate scene Zanzani, in that big console room with the demons and the, uh, yes. the little console in the middle and the head... <laughs> Oh, yeah. That was quite well done. You could see the join, but uh, not too bad. I was surprised that the director had never done Doctor Who. Rennie Rye. It had such a Doctor Who vibe about it. It did, it really did. This is the children's department, and Doctor Who is the drama department, and back in those days, the children's department and the drama department there did contact each other. Never the twain shall meet. I doubt this was the children's department, but who knows? No, this was done by the children's department. This was, was it? Yeah, this was a BBC children's classic series. Mm. It's it's funny because the amount of people that think that Doctor Who has always been done by the children's department, it's yeah. always been done by the drama department. It's a costume yeah. drama. Yeah. They were doing a series. It was almost like they did the Dickies, the costume dramas, Dickens, and then they were doing yeah. children's versions. Mm. Um, okay. And there was things like The Borrowers. I'm trying to think what else. Yep, that's a little bit later. What mm. else? There, there Five was, things the, called it. That's it. Five children in it. Yeah. And there was a, just a little range of them they were doing by the children's department for Saturdays for kids' versions yeah. of those classics. Mm. Right, so do we recommend people go out and watch this? Oh, yes. I, yeah. It's, it's on Britbox. The ending is slightly disappointing, but it's a good journey to get there. Mm. Yeah. And it's yeah. all based on a book by, is it John Macefield? Sounds right. I think I have a copy of it somewhere. And if any of you can make hide nor hair of it or make sense of it without reading the book, please let <laughs> us know. <laughs> and for everyone else, just don't try. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and what did the main villain mean by what I won't do to that boy? Mm. <laughs> some of them, there was know. some, oh. Don't go there. Just don't go there. <laughs> it was just so dodgy. <laughs> Not in those days. What happens in the Glee Club stays in the Glee Club. Today is a more bitter and twisted time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was innocent times back then. Innocent times. In the 80s? Small children being left alone in a house in the middle of the country with only a a rather poor maid to look after them. Sister disappearing for a day and a night. Yeah, this small girl has disappeared for a day and a night and nobody seems to be overly bothered. I mean, I I know (laughs) that the police officer had a fruitcake to eat so you can understand why he was reluctant to do anything. But it was just so wrong. I I have to say, with with those siblings, if it was my sister, I'd have probably been glad for the peace and quiet yeah. she was she was a bit loud 
<laughs> right, do try and watch Box of Delights. As Adam said, it's on BritBox. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy it off of Amazon. It's on DVD too. Yeah. yeah, I've got it on DVD as well. And then when you've watched it, write to us. Because <laughs> we love to hear from you. We would love to know what's going on. You can contact us by writing to show. At staggeringstories.net Now, before we go over to the letters that you lovely people have sent to us, we signed a declaration declaring that we would never, ever again forget to say hello. Who to? That person in the corner. No, not Adam, the one. Ah, that's the one. <laughs> one, two, three. Hello, 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 hello How's um, <laughs> fascist Spock and Danish Churchill? They okay? Yeah, they're all doing okay. How's yep, cardboard yep. Clara? Is she still lovely? Well, she's as she was, unfortunately. <laughs> None of them have caught COVID or coughing or anything. I hope you haven't got going so far isolation with any of them. Oh. It's hard to tell with Clara. She always looks a bit ill. I think the main question is how's Terence doing without us? Ah, yeah, he's looking forward to Christmas. I think. Good, good, good. Right, yeah. we've heard from Reese. Hello, Reese. Reese says, "Dear Staggerers, the head of Pertwee." The cardboard form of the woman who recently turned 33. <laughs> cardboard Amy. Yeah, she did. The cardboard form of the woman whose date of birth I am not aware of at this present point in time. Cardboard Clara. <laughs> and everyone else who will remain unnamed for now. Only because I feel the staggerers don't want to spend an hour <laughs> reading only greetings. But greetings to you all anyway. <laughs> On the subject of birthdays, I'm writing this during the anniversary month for Doctor Who. So happy birthday, mm. Doctor Who. Also, here's to the memory of Verity Lambert, who shared a birthday month with the show and without whom we wouldn't mm. have met in the digital way that we all have. <laughs> On a final no, birthday note, I'd like to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, whose birthday it would mm. have been on the day of me writing this. Yeah. He is greatly no. missed in this house. Mm-hmm. Anyway, dear Staggerers, time has once again managed to slip through my fingers, resulting in me losing track of it and not sending in feedback for quite some time. This means there is a fair bit for me to cover, so I'll try to narrow it down a bit so that we're not here for an extended period of time. Would you like a drink of water? Firstly, I hope this finds you all well and coping with life and lockdown. Speaking as a resident of the state of Victoria in Australia, I can attest to both the difficulties of living through a lockdown, but also to the effectiveness of them when it comes to thwarting the damn virus. At the time of writing, we've reached 31 days of no new cases and about five days of no cases present in the state at all. It's possible to crush this thing and I'm thinking of you all as you all face both your own lockdown 2.0 and the numbers you're getting over there you can do this Mm. on a slightly more upbeat note we're getting a new season of doctor who i think that it's a pretty universal opinion that despite a pang of disappointment at a reduced number of episodes we're lucky to be getting more of the show at all yeah Mm. yeah plus there are many hints that one of my hopes is going to come true (laughs) for a short time at least that the tardis team will consist of the doctor and yaz and before el presidente asks she's the other female character (laughs) the one who's been in the background (laughs) 
seems familiar. <laughs> on a subject you mentioned in your previous episode, the TV adaptation of His Dark Materials. I had to skip that review because I've recently picked up and started reading an omnibus edition of the first three books. Ooh. And I'm one of those people who have a strong desire to read books before seeing their screen adaptation. Good idea. So probably sometime in the new year, I'll be in a position to talk about the second season of the show on this podcast. I have enjoyed the first handful of chapters of the book, though. It sets up a lot of plot threads straight away. Oh, yeah. Things that I can talk about Ooh. are the current season of both The Mandalorian and of Star Trek Discovery. Yes. I'm in nerdy heaven. We are experiencing <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek at the same time, especially here in yeah. Australia, where they both hit their respective streaming services on a Friday evening. Yeah. Both shows are going strong, with Discovery feeling fresh thanks to a few changes, which have put mm. aside some of my problems with the first few seasons changes that yep. I will remain slightly vague on so as not to spoil it but I'll just say that the show has found the place that most suits it within the Star Trek timeline yep I agree the Mandalorian started off strong and it goes mm -hmm. from strength to strength it's mm. finally recognising that it's part of the larger Star Wars universe as well <laughs> and it's managing to marry up elements of all three trilogies it's my favourite show of the year <laughs> sorry Doctor Who I know this year's season was stronger than your last but for me you're not at the top of your game at the moment mm -hmm. yeah. with the last latest episode of The Mandalorian at the time of writing season 2 episode 5 being my favourite piece of television this year that's a lot for you to get through, so I'll wrap it up with one final note. I, too, have mm. been playing this PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game <laughs> and its sequel and or related game, Spider-Man Miles Morales. They are magnificent. Mm. All right, team. Thank you, as always, for the podcast, and I will endeavour to write more in the future. Also, I'd be delighted if Adam could send a Christmas card to my specific location in Australia where he sends out the Australian-American batch this week as he mentioned in this most recent episode. <gasps> Farewell, team. I hope you and the rest of your listeners remain safe. Reese. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese. Stay safe as well yourself. And yep. we will send you a card. Yeah, a card should be heading your way already. Oh, oh it's excellent. its way through the sub ether. Let us know yep. on Facebook what you think of it, Reese. A few people have got their cars already, I'm happy to say. Mm -hmm. yep. Probably quite late by the time this comes out for any others, but I can certainly try. Yeah. It's a brilliant Ooh. card painted by Grant Perkins. Yes, you remembered Indeed. it. Indeed. Indeed. We actually have a professional done our card for once instead of us. <laughs> Second time going, we've had it. What the heck are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> Jean, you're going to have to learn to draw better than you already can. <laughs> and she's good at Drawing. She is better than me. I'm better than you, and I can't draw. <laughs> my, my my stick figures look like Cthulhu monsters. That was a stick figure. It was. See, good lord, you accidentally summoned the demons. I know. I know. Have, have you tried drawing Cthulhu monsters? They might look like good stick figures. It's <laughs> a good point. We have one here from Andrew Scott. Hello, Hello. Andrew Hi, Scott. Scott, who has definitely received his card. Ah. Oh. I'm just thinking. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, sorry, ignore me. That explains the smoke. You know. thought we hadn't said hello to the head of Pertwee, didn't did you? I did for a moment, yes. <laughs> Are you all right, dear? Would no. you like a cup of tea? You're very old now. <laughs> You're going to go home soon, I've okay? The last glass is a pool. She's on her second bottle of pool and her brain's gone. <laughs> Carry on, dear. We've had one from 
from Andrew Scott. Hello, Hello Andrew Scott. Hi, Andrew. You said that bit already. Jean's having a crisis. Jean's having a crisis. Jean's <laughs> losing it. Dear Staggerers, hope you're all keeping safe and well. Please, might I have a card from yourselves? You've got you may one. indeed. Yep. <laughs> I've been watching ST Discovery, a programme that seems to get better each season. Have you ever seen episode four? Forget me not. I've had to reach for the Kleenex. I know Easter eggs are overused, but a small sprinkling does no harm. Speaking of which, the Mandalorian, with its really cute baby Yoda, is also getting off to a rip-roaring start, which seems Mm -hmm. to have various YouTube channels overwrought over Boba Fett Easter eggs. Sounds interesting. Anyway, Mm. off to re-watch an episode of Ghosts to lighten the lockdown. (laughs) Now, I have to admit, I haven't watched The Mandalorians yet, purely because I know I get frustrated that I can't watch them all in sync. I don't tend to binge watch, but that one I have, so I'm going to wait till they're all available and then I will watch them on that. Okay, we've only got two left. We've got up to episode five. Six is out. And I have to say... So there there are two more as we record anyway. I have to say, the second season of Ghosts, it's definitely found its feet. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Oh, Oh, so good. I started watching the beginning of the first episode, didn't finish it. Can't remember why not, because I hated it, but uh, got distracted. It's very, very funny. Yeah, no, the second season is better than the first. I think I was on a plane, actually. Ah. I was on a plane, I watched the first half. Not the best place. had to land or something. (laughs) (laughs) Any more feedback? I think that is it. Okay. Do we have a missive from El (gasps) Crumbley? Do you mean to say a message from... Crumbly's Corner! Hello, Crumbly here with another edition of Crumbly's Corner. Post-lockdown, but not in the studio for this one. And I shan't dwell too long on the audiobook of the Abominable Snowmen. I always find audiobooks have a rather soporific effect on me. Reading by a rope from the novel with just a few minimal uh, sound effects thrown in doesn't really do it for me. However, if it's true what has been uh, banded around on the internet as true and the animation company behind the Macro Terror, the Faceless Ones and Fury from the Deep are planning an animated version of the Abominable Snowmen, then I'll be all for it. As a result, this gives me more time to review a series I had watched when it came out in 1984 but had forgotten all about. It was a real treat to watch this 36 years after its initial release and the box of delights is not dated in the slightest. Spoiler music, spoiler music, sha-la-la-la-la. It features a young boy who has a mysterious magical jewel case entrusted to his safekeeping by an even more mysterious and magical Punch and Judy man played by the Patrick Charlton. The box confers upon the use of various magical powers. As it features Patrick Troughton, the ability to go back in time is one of them. When I saw what we were going to review, it rang a few faint bells, but as as soon as I saw the opening titles for the first time, I immediately recognised it. One thing the BBC can excel at when they're in the uh, mind to are period dramas, and this caught the look and feel of of 1930s rural town England down to a T. Apart from Patrick Troughton, there are no names that stand out immediately, but what makes this series so enchanting was some of the situations the young protagonist of the series found himself in, from shrinking down to miniature size and meeting a helpful mouse and some pirate rats, one of whom, who I have an axe to grind with, was played by Nick Berry just before he joined EastEnders. He, along with other members of the EastEnders cast, released a space of rather dubious singles, His dreary saccharine offering, Every Loser Wins, got to number one in the UK pop charts and prevented the mighty status quo from getting to number one with the far superior song, In the Army Now. What else? 
our hero of the piece goes back in time to the days of ancient Greece and Troy in order to meet the original owner of the box. However, he is a bit too much like Palpatine for his own good and gives our young hero a few blasts of what appears to be false lightning before he is able to be rescued by his friends. The animation used when our hero spends time with her and the hunter still stands the test of time and is simple yet effective, although some of the swordplay going on at King Arthur's Mount does look a little amateurish. However, all's well that ends well with the clergy who have been abducted being freed, but an archbishop being locked in a dungeon with a load of choir boys might be someone's idea of a very good night out. All in all, an absolute pleasure to watch uh, again after all these years. Anyway, that's enough of my inane ramblings for this episode, and I'll be back in the studio for our Christmas edition. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Once again, he's excelled himself. Why can't we put together words as well as he does? It's very erudite and on the point. He has words. He has words I do not words. He has the best words. He has best (laughs) words ever. Best words he have. Come on, Jean, Jean. Just have some more port. Is she doing a Trumpism? I think she is. (laughs) Isn't Aerodite glue? I think he meant erudite. No, no, no. Oh, you were talking about the glue? I was talking about the glue. And that brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank God. (laughs) But fear not. Next time there will be more of the same. More news and review. More who's old and new. More fun, frivolity and jollity. But not necessarily in that order. It will, of course, be our festive podcast. Just after Christmas it would come out, but we record it just before. Lots of snow and turkey. At least we're not doing it in June or July like they do on TV. (laughs) Anyway... Until that festive podcast comes frolicking. <laughs> F. It was F. Oh, you obviously. didn't say, you didn't F. say F. <laughs> it's not PH frolicking, though. No. <laughs> Fornicating. No, you know, that's left with my mind. It always is, dear. It always is. <laughs> Towards us. This is me, Kate Keith, saying farewell. Au revoir. Goodbye. You're all idiots. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 356, featuring Adam Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers of the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. You don't normally wear headphones. Yes, I do. Do you? I've just got she's, less hair today. She's getting old. Sharp you. It no, did. no, I mean her. Oh, her. She, she's forgetting things. <laughs> I did wonder why you would insult me when you're like <laughs> yeah. right next no, to no, me. Not, not within thumping distance. Because <laughs> I could do this. Because no! the man who is older than me. <laughs> not by much. <laughs> Yes, but when is a strawberry a dead? What? <laughs> when is a strawberry a dead? What? When is a strawberry dead? This I is don't a know. When, when, <laughs> when is a strawberry dead? When you've eaten it. No, not this. Uh, this is a metaphysical question from the infinite monkey cage. When is a strawberry dead? <laughs> when you digest it. Well, this was it. There was questions of, does it die because the seeds retained and the seeds well, gone? Or does it die at the point at which it's picked? Because this was the question. So it's See, become a long that, though, thing. That, of... though, is like saying that your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother is still alive because you are the seed of her seed of her it, seed. It kind of was one of those kind of like debates. 
Hmm. And then someone said, well, when is a strawberry dead? And it kind of just stuck because it could be anything, but it was just random (laughs) out of the blue. I like strawberries. You're not allowed to eat strawberries, though. Because only not? people who like bananas can have strawberries. Does he not like bananas? Roasted bananas. Can't stand bananas. They, they are. They are the. Yes, they they've are, got fifty percent of our DNA. They are highly, so has everything. They are highly radioactive uh, and fifty percent DNA. So it's basically cannibalism. That's sounding pretty good the at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I got news, I got news, I do first news. No, one. I do first news, I always do first news. Well then, log on then. We've logged on, you being a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we, what had lots, do we had lots of thank yous for our Christmas cards. Oh yeah. Nice to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had a couple through actually. Oh, that, Maybe we should leave it that, till next time to mention. Yeah, a lot of people have um have appreciated the, the artwork at the front. What was that, Andy? Yeah. Andy Nannings? Oh, yes, yeah, Stormageddon likes it because it's got a dinosaur on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, for the want of anything else yeah. to do, shall I start that again? Yeah, sorry. I'm I sorry. I will hit you on <laughs> the I, eyebrow. Shall I stick a sock in my mouth and be quiet? You can use the one you usually stuff down your... Stuff <laughs> <again>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is that port nice? Very nice. It's a tawny port. <laughs> it's a ten-year-old tawny port. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do uh, yeah. <laughs> Really? Shall we do a game? Oh god. Ooh. Do you not want to do a game? Could do, could do. What are we gonna do? It will have to be things in five words. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> can can I was... can I can I stop you there? I can hear something banging like a cable or something banging on something. That's it. That's, That's it. you! You're hitting the thingy on that. You're such a penis. <laughs>